0: It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Bernal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your ice castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Ores and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimerd Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors. Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, s Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon.
1: And welcome into this week's show. We've got a lot to cover. A lot has changed in the last week. We've got a lot of snow to contend with out on the ice, so we've got reports on conditions out on our favorite lakes. Jason Freed will drop by, talk some dead stick tactics. And we get a visit from Brian burrow Brosdal. He'll talk some walleye and crappie tactics. Plus another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we we'll kick the show off with our local report. Jason Freed with Leisure Outdoor Adventures joins us, and Jason's got us covered from right here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes area all the way up to Leech Lake. And Jason, my oh my, uh, how the landscape has changed! Last time you and I talked, we were talking about you know fishable ice and where it would be a good place to go, and. You know, we talked about uh, fishing through with a light situation with no snow on the ice. Now, how can we get around? That's the big question.
2: Well, isn't that something? It's uh, only in Minnesota can weather change as quickly as it does. And you know, I, I was uh, you know I got out over uh, the weekend before Christmas, and uh, there was just a you know some snow on the lake, and it was easy to get around with a four wheeler, and and uh, everybody was had no problems getting to spots and. And then all of a sudden, in the over the course of twenty four hours, it's uh, now you're limited to snowmobiles and plowed roads and, and good four wheel drive, and uh, it definitely changes the uh, it changes the game when it comes to ice fishing. Now, I mean, you really need to be able to to adapt and, and and think about getting to spots and whether you can get to spots safely and without getting stuck inadequately.
1: Yeah, that's the sad thing is you can't hole hop like you normally would like to. Tell me a little bit. I, I suppose we'll start here in the media Brainerd Lakes area. Most of the lakes, like Gull, North, Long, Round, that we like to hit Pelican, uh, are they getting roads plowed out there?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, there's just to be, you know, there's a few people out that are, you know, renting fish houses, you know, so you get those guys who are out plowing roads, and some of the resorts will plow out, you know, plow out some roads and, and such. So, yeah, I mean, you can get around, and it's just kind of understanding. I mean, the biggest thing when you're driving on the ice is to pay attention to drifts and, and those kinds of things and really driving with your eyes. And, um, you know, so you can get around, it's just got to be kind of smart, and, you know, it's like anything, you got to be prepared, and, you know, there's always a good chance you're going to get stuck, and uh, and so having a mode of communication and having a toe strap and, and, and be able to get out and, you know, and kind of pay attention, and then sometimes just getting out and checking to see what the conditions are like, and if you think you can drive off the uh, the road and get off, you know, and use your four-wheel drive to get around or not, and, and, and if you can't, because nothing's worse than going out on the ice and having a great plan, and, and all of a sudden you get out there and you get stuck, and there goes your, your, your afternoon, your evening, or even your day, you know. So, um, you know, definitely it's 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 the four-wheel drive, you know, trucks if you're able to drive, but you still need to be careful because, you know, even as cold as it's been and, and as long as we've had ice, you know, there still isn't a ton, a ton of ice. We're still not talking 20 inches, you know, 24 inches of ice. We're still talking, you know... Uh, 14 to 18 inches of ice which is starting to get to be safe for driving you know trucks and such uh, but it's just still using common sense and, and then obviously four wheeler not four wheelers but snowmobiles excel this time of year and if you have snowmobiles be able to get around I mean that's what
3: you know as
2: much as you can correlate ice fishing to open water fishing you know in open water fishing we can turn on the motor and we can run from spot to spot to spot and we can really be mobile and and kind of search and destroy and you know if you want to be good ice fishermen, you have to be mobile, and you have to be able to get from spot to spot to spot. So if you're really looking to to be mobile and to try to attack and put a game plan together, you know if you got some snowmobiles or got buddies with snowmobiles or and such that's uh, that's definitely the way to go and you know if you're fortunate that fortunate enough to use something like a snow bear. Uh, which I've never had the opportunity to fish out of, which is kind of something I'd like to try sometime. Um, you know, that's another great mode of transportation. And, and uh, fortunate, it's a lot of, you know, light, fluffy snow. Um, you do need to be aware of slush pockets. Um, you know, that's the one thing people sometimes forget about is when we get these big snows like this, sometimes it creates slush, um, you know, between the ice and the snow. And, that's where people really get stuck and have problems. But um, I think with with this real cold snap, we're, we're not, I'm not hearing as much about slush on the lakes. It's just a matter of drifting and, and those things and trying to get around.
1: And talk to the bait shop owners and the and the resort owners. They'll they'll point you in the right direction.
2: <laughs> oh, certainly. You know that's you, you got to do your uh, your homework ahead of time. Whether you live in the area, whether you live out of the area, and and call ahead to the bait shops, call ahead to the resorts. Um, you know, fishing boards, social media. I mean, take advantage of those things and and try to put together as um, a comprehensive plan as you can before you head out
1: as far as fishing goes uh Jason, it's kind of tricky now, of course we we talked with Mandy here a couple of weeks ago, and she had some some tactics and some ideas about fishing with no snow on the ice and how that affects things now that we've got all this snow, how does that change the game?
2: You know it, it, you know like when you, when you look, talk about no snow, I know we talked about it too you've got that light penetrating through the ice and and so that, that really can play some you know games and tricks as to how you attack and and I'm sure Manny did an awesome job of explaining that because there's definitely some some nuances to it. But when you get the snow on the ice, it uh, it definitely creates a, a, a impenetrable in terms of light and uh, which can help um, especially when you are fishing shallow water. Um, you know when you're fishing shallow water, those fish can oftentimes be very spooky. Uh, to to sound and to light, and, um, you know, I I think people, everybody gets all excited about sometimes fishing deep water and, you know, steep breaks and deep humps and that kind of stuff, and those are going to be really good because you can catch fish periodically throughout the day. Um, On on a deeper hump, say, like on Gull Lake or Pelican Lake, you get out on some of those, you know, those deeper structures with rock and and, uh, gravel all mixed in on those humps, but the one thing I think people often forget about is there's always a population of walleyes that are going to move in and out from the shallow out to the deep,
0: and they're going to do it
2: typically during feeding times. And so that morning, evening, you know, that's one thing about ice fishing is you got to really take advantage of, of feeding windows and, and pay attention to those windows. You know, I know we've talked about like the solar lunar calendar before, um, but I think the one thing that you got to really pay attention to, whether it's all year long, but you, you know, as well as in ice fishing, is barometric pressure. You know, and, and I heard a lot of reports. Um, this week, I didn't didn't get a chance to get out before the storm, but a lot of people who got out before the snowstorm this past week had phenomenal fishing, and that's because of the pressure. The pressure was was dropping, and those fish are going to eat, and they're always going to do that before a storm, and it's proven. I mean, you talk to muskie fishermen in the summer, and that is, like, if there's a storm coming, you're going to see muskie fishermen out on the lake because they know that's going to get those fish moving. Same thing goes in the winter. When that barometric pressure is dropping, the fish are going to typically bite, you know, and then, when the storm's over, you're going to get high-pressure systems, and that's what's often going to slow down the bite, and that's when you really got to take advantage of, of feeding windows. Um, I mean, that's the thing. A storm could be coming in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and those fish might be biting at 11 o'clock noon, which is unlike when most people don't think about it, you know, being out there fishing. And you know, So I think about that, I, I love the fish shallow. I know we've talked about it before on the show. Um, you know, when we get fish in the evening, you know, setting up you know, kind of working your way out deep and then just working your way shallow and then setting up for the evening on a shallow weed flat or, a you know, a gravel flat or something like that. Um, and then they have those fish will move up and down the break. They'll come in and feed. And uh, it's a really good opportunity to get on a really good bite. And the snow will help because then the fish won't be nearly as spooky and you can move around a lot easier and set up on them. You know, I think in the summer because of the mobility in the summer, you're able to to move around. And, you know, I always say, like, when it's, you know, sometimes when it's high pressure, you know, in the summer, I always have more luck uh, moving out a little bit deeper because I don't think the fish are as, um, I don't think they have to deal with it as much. I mean, because that pressure has to go that much farther down through the water. Um, where I think... In the winter, I think, you know, it obviously plays a role, um, but you can't be as mobile in the winter, and so I think you just got to understand that when those things are setting up, you want to set up and put yourself in a place where you're going to put yourself where there's, the odds are going to be good. And, you know, um, you know, I think about fishing as, you know, where are these fish going to move to, and then setting yourself up on that spot, and, you know, whether it's a, a, a funnel um you know the tip of a point uh you know a rock pile you know something where you know those fish are going to congregate and move towards because that's the course that they take to go to feed that's what you're going to want to do and um you know I, I i think it relates all year round i think it's something that uh people sometimes forget about i mean i know people who are really really into fishing will always talk about barometric pressure in the solar lunar calendar and those kinds of things but um i think it has a I think it has a place year round but then i've also been proven Proven wrong and had great fishing on high-pressure days, too, you know. So the the minute you think you got it figured out, it all changes on you and and, and you prove the theory wrong. But uh, I think it's just a good rule of thumb that, uh, you know, you get a chance to get out before a storm or uh, a front coming in. You typically can... They put some pretty good fish on the on
1: the ice. One last thing before we let you go, Jason, uh, as far as presentation goes, now that the, we do have the snow on the ice and we can't be as mobile as we'd like to do, we're probably going to end up doing a, a lot more uh, dead sticking, uh, just kind of sitting in the house type of thing. Um, what would you recommend? What would you like to do in these types of conditions?
2: The one benefit to snow is it, it creates, and I think we've talked about this before, but if you can drive, whether it's with a snowmobile or even a four-wheel drive, if you can with, with, like, Navionics, like on your phone or, you know, like I have my Lowrance and I'm able to pull up my, my, my lake map, and if you can get out and actually drive the structure, and, and what, what you can do is actually create the contour of that structure with your vehicle or your snowmobile, and then what that allows you to do then is actually get out and you can see your track and you can see how maybe that hump is laid out. Um, that allows you to actually strategically drill holes and, and kind of put that legwork down ahead of time. And then from there, you can set up your, your house on maybe that inside turn or that, that tip of the point that's coming off the, um, you know, the, the shore or whatever, you're, wherever you're fishing. And so you can, like I said, put yourself in a really good spot and then utilizing, you know, you hear a lot about dead sticks. And you know I've heard a lot of people talking about Malax and Red Lake and and Leech and some of these areas, and how dead sticks will oftentimes outperform jigging presentations. And uh, and it seems to be with with winter and everything, dead sticks. You know, in in my opinion, oftentimes are going to outperform. You know, sixty to forty, you know percent kind of deal. And so having a dead stick with uh like either just a glow hook in uh, a split shot or uh, you know a, a glow jig of some sort and having that anywhere from you know i think one of the things people make the mistake is they put the they put the middle sometimes too close to the bottom and what happens is fish can't see it and so if you could put that minnow a foot and a half up off the bottom even sometimes two feet up off the bottom those fish who are coming from coming from a distance can actually see it whereas if it's down towards the bottom it could be down by a rock, and those fish will never see it until they get right by it. And so if you can get that, that middle up on your dead stick so fish can come in, it's just like jigging. You never want to jig too close to the bottom because the fish might not actually see your lure. So if you can get your, your jig, your jigging spoon, you know, so in one hole you got your jigging spoon or your, um, you know, whatever, your swim-style bait, whatever you're using to be aggressive to try to call in fish, that's going to be good. And then having your dead stick next to you in the, in the fish house uh, with, you know, I talked about the hook and the split shot or the glow jig. And sometimes that dead stick's going to help produce And then we talked about before, but then if you're fishing a bigger piece of structure and you've got multiple people, it always helps to have a uh, a tip-up uh, of some sort, um, you know, another dead kind of prison station where it's just kind of sound there swimming around. And then you can put that on strategic spots on the structure that's close to you. you're covering a lot more area and kind of help uh, really pinpoint where those fish are moving and congregating.
1: And I would ch- chime in, too, if you're in a wheelhouse or something like that, uh, Jason, Pay attention to your rattle reel this time of year.
2: Oh, for sure, you know, and it's, uh, I, I, I think I'm getting uh, soft in my old age, but uh, I, I have grown more and more to uh, enjoy sitting in a wheelhouse and putting rattle reels, you know, a couple, three rattle reels down with friends and, you know, jigging and, and just kind of sitting back and relaxing because, you know, like a lot of times people, and that's when you oftentimes will figure out feeding windows. Um, you know, when you stay in a fish house and all of a sudden your rattle reels start going off at uh, 10 o'clock at night, that's telling you something about when are those fish feeding and so you know when you're in those fish houses don't have your rattle reels down you got you got your license you're legal um take advantage of it and like you said you might just learn something about when those
1: fish are biting totally in agreement with you i know we've come a long way because a few weeks back we actually did a segment on rattle reel techniques who would have thought so
3: who,
2: who would have thought <laughs> i mean they make them with they're glow-in-the-dark now, and all, kind, I mean, all kinds of stuff. It, it's changed so much, but it, uh, it still comes down to a hook, in the, a hook, a line, and a sinker.
1: <laughs> yep, pretty much. It's good stuff from Jason Freed Leisure Outdoor Adventures. You can check him out at leisureoutdooradventures.com and all over uh, Facebook, Instagram, social media, all that stuff, too. Jason, I appreciate it. Uh, good luck if you get out this weekend, and we'll chat next week, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. All right, when we come back, we'll head up north for the Up North Report. Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service has got the latest on Lake Bemidji, Red Lake, Cass, Winnie, and a whole lot more when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head up north for the Up North Report. And as always, Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji joins us. And uh, Matt, you know, we talked with uh, Freed here earlier in the show, and and we were saying what a difference a week makes, and really even uh, what a difference twenty four hours makes. Uh, you guys kind of got that snow blast that we got uh, down here as well, up in the Bemidji area. Probably dealing with a lot of the same things we're dealing with. Getting out on the ice and traveling is is a bit of a tricky thing now.
4: This has been a crazy winter for weather. I mean all the ups and downs and and you talk about what a difference a day makes i mean last time i talked to you i had just gotten back from mexico so it was like (laughs) 90 degrees and i came home to 16 degrees and then somewhere in between there it was 25 27 below and now now we're in the mid 30s again so it I, I don't I don't even know what's happening right now.
1: So what is the situation with you guys up there? I know Lake Bemidji is your home base. Uh you've got a lot of houses out there. Uh you know, it's gonna get a little warm as you said into the weekend and we're gonna be mid thirties, so that's gonna melt some snow. Uh that's something you're actually hoping does happen, but it's also gonna make things probably a little slushy and a little tricky getting around out there.
4: Yeah, we moved everything um on Thursday and oddly enough. On Thursday, it was like 37 degrees, but we had to chisel every house completely out, or I should say, Justin had to chisel every house out. I, I that that guy is an absolute blessing for me. But um, but even with the temperature, what it's at, um, we had to chisel everything because it was so cold leading up to Thursday. Um, and we we moved everything and put it on top of fresh snow, anticipating uh, quite a bit of melt and uh, you know reflection off the houses and And the heat being on obviously, um, causes some, some melt around the houses and stuff. And we're anticipating that we're going to get through the weekend and then we're going to have to move them again because we're probably going to be looking at some slush. It's going to be a little tricky driving on, on the lakes this weekend. Uh, if you're, if you're venturing out in trucks, which I don't, I don't recommend that people, you know, just get up and go and giddy up and decide to drive wherever they want. Um, you know, make sure you're checking local conditions and lake conditions with people who who have intimate knowledge of the lake itself. Stay on plowed roads. Just don't drill holes on our plowed roads <laughs> um, or or directly adjacent because you're going to cause flooding. Um, but you know, just just be smart. I mean, we we kind of ran into a situation this year where everything was looking really, really good. We had that ice early, and then we just. We just didn't build quite enough before that, that heavy snowfall came and, and, uh, the ice can be very unpredictable depending on, you know, where a drift might be. Um, there could be eight inches of ice underneath that drift because of the, the insulation factor of all that snow. And then in some of the bare areas, we've got 15, 16 inches of ice. So it's, it's very, very varied.
1: And I want to go back to one thing cuz you mentioned this I think last year too Matt and I think sometimes anglers you know they get a little lazy they don't want to get stuck but you mentioned don't drill holes on these plowed roads and there is many reasons why you don't want to do that.
4: Yeah, I mean it it can be dangerous. You'll cause a swirl effect. Um it happened actually a few years ago we had uh, and we try not to plow houses out to our roads uh, or out to our houses we try to um we try to just really pack down a nice two-track, and uh, and get our clients out that way. Uh, number one, it doesn't draw a lot of attention to the houses. And number two, um, dealing with flood roads is it's a nightmare. Um, but a couple of years ago, we had someone who they drilled drilled a hole or a set of holes um, right on the edge of of one of the plowings, and then it actually flooded and people were still driving through it because the ice was good underneath it but there was so much swirl effect because those holes stayed open because of the insulation of uh, the, all the water on top um and it just kept swirling and swirling and swirling and it caused the ice to get really thin and someone actually went through and uh, they were directly behind me and i drove around it and they went through it and they went through and uh it it, it was pretty scary and dangerous and and then, of course, I called the, the sheriff's deputy and they came out and staked it off and we could no longer drive in that area, which was good. But, but yeah, it, it can cause a lot of issues. So make sure you're not drilling holes on or directly adjacent to the, to the plowed roads. You're, um, doing a, a disservice to, to anyone traveling that area and to the person who plowed the road. Because then they're going to have to plow a new road all the way around it. I'm going anywhere on my, on my Bearcat. Um, and, you know, if you if you have something that's got a, a narrow, short track, you're a, you're going to want to be a little bit careful. You hit some slush on a narrow, short track, and you might you might find yourself buried and uh, and wet and cold. <laughs> um, but if if you've got a long track or a wide track, you're you're probably going to be fine driving pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, even even the the thinner ice that we've been finding there's at least eight inches, so. Um, you can drive across that without any problems with, with something like a bearcat or, um, or a large skidoo or, or something of that nature, you know, a, a track sled. So.
1: And as far as the fishing goes, Matt, when we talked to Jason earlier in the show here locally in the Brainerd area, he said that we, it, the fishing was phenomenal right before that snowfall, and then it tapered off when we got the cold snap after the snow. Now we're heading into the weekend with a big warm-up. What do you think that's going to do to our fishing?
4: It pretty much mirrors what Jason said, like our renters going into the storm, even the day, you know, that the storm started, we're doing very, very well. I mean, walleyes were, were abundant and the perch fishing was great. And then that cold snap happened and I had clients who rode out the storm in the, in the houses and, uh, you know, getting that firsthand report from them saying how good fishing was leading up to the storm, and then how it just completely shut off once the storm uh, actually hit and that barometer flipped um, was pretty incredible. And then we had so many ups and downs and the cold snaps after um, that the fishing was relatively tough. And then I think it was on Wednesday, um, we had a group out that absolutely just crushed the fish midday, um, which for Bemidji is um, pretty pretty rare for walleyes. I mean, they were, they were doing awesome on walleyes right during the middle of the day like 10 to 10 to 3 um, was their best time of day and then the bite kind of tapered off uh, toward evening which is the polar opposite of what typically happens and the fishing continues to be really good now with this warm-up so i expect really good things for the weekend
1: what do you like to do in a situation like this matt Uh, obviously mobility is is something that's key for ice anglers but uh that's not going to be the case with all the snow that we have now so you're going to have to hunker down you got all the snow on the ice so the light conditions are different tactic wise what do you like to do in a situation like this
4: I'll be out on my bearcat so I can go anywhere and do whatever I want but <laughs> um but for people who don't maybe have access to a sled or or can't get around on the lakes I mean uh you're you're just going to try to get get to where basically the fish are hanging out right now and most of the fish we're finding are adjacent to mid-lake structure and they're hanging out right on the mud or the mud line uh on the edge of the breaks where it where it transitions to gravel and uh that's where we're finding most of our fish, and, and that's where all of all of our houses are so you know even if you're relegated to only going out a little ways um you know get past that first break and find the closest uh mid lake structure that you can, even if it's just a small subtle change, um, where it can change from mud to gravel, that seems to be where all the all the perch and walleyes are hanging out, and the tulibees and the northerns and the muskies and the burbit, they're all just they're all just kind of in the same regions there. And uh and the panfish, they're still holding out in the deep basins and uh the morning bites have been very good and then the evening bites again, so that's where I'd be concentrating all my efforts.
1: So there you go with that. Uh, one last thing on the fishing uh, front, Matt. Uh, as far as some of the other lakes up that way, as we mentioned, Lake Bemidji is your home base. But I know you keep an eye on Red, Cass, Winnie, Leech, and even Lake of the Woods. Any of those? Uh, anything special to report there? Is it kind of status quo?
4: Well, I know Red started off really hot, as it always does, and uh, and it kind of tapered off a little bit. Um, I know the bike got really tough when you know when the, the weather changed and we got the snow and. Then- cold snap um so so that bite you know it's still there and it's still good but um it's not gangbusters like it was early lake of the woods i'm hearing nothing but awesome reports which is to be expected i mean uh it is like the woods uh calves, i'm hearing travel is very difficult a lot of slush i haven't really heard much about leech or Winnie, but the smaller lakes around here really aren't getting a lot of pressure because we got all that snow and made travel so hard um, that you you pretty much can have a lot of these lakes to yourself right now
1: It's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji You can check him out at northcountryguides.com and all over social media as well. Matt, I appreciate the time as always We'll check in with you next week, buddy, okay? Sounds good. Alright, when we come back, Brian Bro Brozdal will drop by. He's been hanging around Lake Winnie He's got some walleye and crappie tactics he'll share when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3 Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and back with us after a little bit of time. uh, We haven't chatted with Brian Burrow, Brosdall in a while. Thought we'd bring him back as we're headlong now into ice fishing. Uh, Burrow, a major contributor here to Brainerd Outdoors. Welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks
3: for having me, Brian. Uh,
1: What have you been up to? Uh, I know, you know, talking with some of the guys earlier in the show, we've we've all kind of the same theme. Uh, We had that good ice, and then we get the dumping of snow. So now getting around out there is a little tricky.
3: Oh, it, it is, and uh, I don't take any shortcuts. I always drill holes and check. Uh, there's uh, some flooding going on on top of the ice because of the heavy snow pushing it down, and that happens in areas where there's people fishing, they're drilling holes, obviously, it, it kind of vents it, but also wherever there's ice cracks, you know, and it's it naturally, when ice gets thicker, it, it makes cr- cracks and uh, it seeps up, and there you got a slush pocket, but when it's cold out, Got to be careful. You could freeze up the track of your sled, or uh, and as far as four four wheelers in my area, it's pretty much uh, you're wishing you had a snowmobile or tracks on your four wheeler um, because it's just there's not enough clearance in any machines. Maybe you can make it, but it's not practical right now.
1: And you mentioned your area, bro, and that's uh, right around that Lake Winnie area. What can you tell us up that way?
3: Uh, you know, they're consistent early ice. Uh, we had a lot of ice, uh, and it's been here a while. The, the snow slowed down the the growth of it, but we're seeing ice uh, thicknesses uh, in a lot of places of 14 inches, sometimes 17. But you can't just drive. Uh, I found 10 inches of ice. I found eight and a half inches of ice, and I heard uh, someone in town found three and a half somewhere. So what I do is I drill everywhere that I go. I'll use a machine. Once we have good clear solid ice i'll take a machine out and then i drill and measure before i take a truck so i use a smaller machine or go on foot and then i want to get a pathway going it sounds like a pain in the butt and it's slow and it's hard to do if you got family and kids and you want to go fishing but it's it's always better to drill and and check because remember once you go out there you could once you've drilled safely out there then you can just drive back so what i do is i have Heather or one of my guide helpers follow me, and I just drill holes and I walk, and it's it's good exercise. And uh, but once you get good consistent snow, uh, you could just check from your your, your uh, uh, snowmobile uh, if if it's if it's a long long distance. Um, and I I have a uh, actually have a uh, a safety mechanism on my machines. It's it's uh, called a nebulous, and I could just pull it, but I don't take any chances, and and then. You know I'm I'm getting older and I love fishing too much and I don't want to I don't want to take a drink in the water, you know.
1: Don't blame me there. That is no fun. Uh what have you been doing mostly? Have you been mostly crappie fishing walleye fishing or a mixture of both? Uh
3: I like to do a mixture of both. You know, I love bluegills. Bluegills are my favorite fish and I love them so much. I do not guide for them because we all know that big bluegills are super rare and uh I throw, I throw big gills back, but not everybody does. So I, I try to keep those stuff a secret, but I take people, uh, for crappies usually in the morning and it all depends on what's going on with the weather. Sometimes we'll fish walleyes all day, but everybody loves walleyes and, uh, everybody loves crappies. So I like to change it up. We'll do a little crappie fishing in the morning and then uh, go walleye fishing in the afternoon. And you get, you get to see different scenery and you get to try different stuff and the techniques and it's fun. But, uh, our lakes uh, around the area have lots of, uh, almost every lake up here has got crappies, you know. Uh, they're not all giants, you know. 10- to 11-inch crappie is a good eater, and once in a while you get one 12 or 13, and even on the big waters like Leech and Winnie and, and stuff like that, there's still a few 14s and even bigger out there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, and, and people enjoy it instead of just, uh, you know, in glacial lakes area, the walleyes bite in the morning and evening, and get a few flurries maybe during the day. That's a long day <laughs> waiting for a bite, so we like to chase around and try different stuff. and uh, and, and the formula seems to be working, but uh, it's been it's been good. Uh, watch out for flooded areas if you are on a machine. I've seen uh, side by sides get stuck and just buried in slush, and I've seen uh, snowmobiles bite it, and then they finally get out. If you got a long-track sled, uh, you're okay, but you got to thaw it out at night. Uh, the best baits right now seem to be the Glow Shot Spoons. Uh, and if, if, you, if you can get uh, Melon Ball, is one of the hottest colors on uh, Winnie. And then, of, co- of course, uh, Electric Perch. These are colors that are really bright. And tip it with a minnow torso, I like to say. You could use a minnow head on a slow bite, like up at Red Lake. You just pinch it off behind the gills, but on Winnie, I use a minnow torso. That's the head, and then you snip it off by the dorsal fin. So you're using three-quarters of a minnow and jig that, couple aggressive hops, and then and then kind of just shimmy it when the fish come in, and you can continue to jig it because if you didn't have a sonar and you just keep jigging, you get bit. But when you're watching it, sometimes you cater to the fish a little bit too much. Just give it a little hop every now and then. It'll look like it's trying to get away and you'll get some, some good bites. But uh, walleye fishing uh, was phenomenal, and then uh, the cold front kind of slowed it down a little bit. But uh, there's still a lot of fish coming in, a little bit more towards the evening, morning and evening. and then. Uh, uh, but uh, the bite's been great in the area, and the pike are a little bit deeper this year. For those chasing pike, we're seeing a lot of pike when we're jigging for walleyes, and uh, the perch are starting to bite on Winnie. Uh, we're starting to see a lot more jumbo perch out there, and a lot of fingerlings, super exciting. I haven't seen fingerlings out there for many years like this. Uh, just about everywhere you go, you have something pulling on your bait, but it feels small. And then if you bring it up, it's just a walleye hanging on your minnow, and it's it's only just a little tiny one. But uh, that's a good sign that we got a great future coming on quick.
1: That's for sure. Now, one of the themes on the show that we've been talking with the other guys with, uh, bro, is now that we have all this ice, because one of the things we talked a lot about here in the past weeks is fishing with no snow on the ice and how that light penetration uh, affects things. Well, now, we've got all this snow, and how do you combat that? Do you do a lot of things differently when you get a lot of snow on the ice?
3: Well, yeah, when there's there's a lot, uh, when there was no snow, it was a little bit tougher. uh, In shallow water bites, Uh, there's a couple lakes, you know, clear lakes that have zebra mussels or no zebra mussels. I could jig and see my my bait right between my feet through the ice, not down the hole, right through the ice. And while you don't have much of a chance uh, to catch fish, any little movement scares them. Um, But now with all the snow, it's kicked the bite in. The fish are a little more aggressive. And uh, outside of that cold front, that's kind of the reset button, and it's slowly building again. But uh, the snows really helped the shallow bites, which are starting to fade. The fish are starting to move off the shore. And, and head out to uh, structures and and basins, um, but it's uh, the snow has really helped. The only thing is, as far as covering and drilling holes, uh, it, it, it's it's quite a workout. But I usually I like to kick a little spot and then drill a hole, and uh, and not a big production. I don't clean out my holes. I just drill them. Kick, I don't and I don't leave vol- volcanoes either. You're not going to find my holes. You're just going to see where somebody had drilled, but you ain't going to see volcanoes in the distance. I kick every single hole I drill flat. If I drill a 1,000 holes, they're all flat. I don't leave volcanoes. Um, Well, that's, you know, guides are a little paranoid, too. We don't want to get followed, but I like it nice and clean. And then uh, you you don't have to drill a lot of holes either. Space them out until you find something, and then use that as an area where you start kind of filling it in.
1: And do you want to be aggressive with your presentations, bro, or maybe slow things down a little bit?
3: Well, you know, uh, I've, I've been aggressive, and on the on some of these real low-pressure days where the fish are just kind of sulking around, I've created strikes by banging the bottom and then ripping it up high. And, uh, and you finally get that fish will come in and just eat it just to kill it because it's mad at it. And then, uh, you know, dead sticks right now are, are big, big time. And I know everybody wants to rip and jig every little new bait there is, and I, I like to rip the... Uh, uh glow shot spoons but uh because they they really shimmy to the side but uh it doesn't hurt to have a live minnow down and uh you know grab some uh some fat heads and it kind of sort out the biggest fat heads in in every batch there's some big fat heads take the biggest fat heads and use them on a live live bait rig uh you know just a rod on a bucket on a nice day and if it's cold out uh throw a tip up down you know pick up a frable tip up and put some uh clear line in a, a small super glow hook on there, and a and a fat head or a shiner, and uh, the fish are eating them. Just just uh, for the for the neutral fish that that are coming in, and you know you can have your line up. You can, you have to be within 80 feet of your line, but it doesn't hurt to spread them out maybe 30 40 feet away. I like to cover some area, and we don't really use dead sticks until we sit down to fish or spot. I I, I like to pick walleye spots like deer hunting spots i I kind of scour everything and i find the best possible scenario to catch fish and then i will put if i have uh, four people i'll put two people on on one half and two people on the other half or i'll even spread out all four people i like to use one-man houses and they don't get to sit and chat and party or nothing but it's serious and you get more productivity when you spread them out
1: Some good stuff from Brian at Bro's Doll. Bro, if people want more information on you, how can they get it?
3: Just uh, go to brosguysservice.com or look up the Bro Roadshow and enter to uh, fish with me on the ice. It's called Beat the Bro at Frabel.
1: Bro, I appreciate the information as always. It's good to have you on. I'm sure we'll have you on here a few times throughout the winter, and uh, we'll chat soon, okay?
3: All right, everybody, be safe on the ice, and don't forget to drill. Don't just drive.
1: Good advice there. We'll have more of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Time for our Famish Fisherman recipe on this week's show. As always, we bring in Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter. And Joel, talking to a lot of people, catching some crappies this time of year. Uh, I got a good one this week, macadamia-encrusted crappie, right? I get That's that right. <laughs> we're going
2: a little different route. Usually, you know, you see the uh, almond crusted or well, we're going to go macadamia nut crusted crappies. So, we're going to take, uh, you know, one to two pounds, nice clean crappie fillets, fill those on a baking sheet with a little bit of oil down on the bottom of them. We're going to take our uh, roasted macadamia nuts and breadcrumbs and we're going to toss that into a food processor. Just chop that up real good. Make sure it's all, you know, kind of a nice crumbly form. Add in a little bit of butter to get that moistened up. And we're just, uh, you know, generously. Top our crappie fillets with that macadamia nut crust. Toss those in the oven. Not going to take very long, obviously, kind of a small fish. You know, five, 10 minutes. Um, while that's cooking, in a little saucepan, we're going to have a little uh, brown sugar, soy sauce, and a little bit of fresh ginger going. We just want to keep that on a nice low heat. It's kind of thickening it up until uh, all the sugar dissolves into the soy sauce. We're going to drizzle that over the top
0: of the fillets. Enjoy.
1: Good To go. So if you want to head to our website, by all means, uh, check it out. Uh, head to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com and then you can try macadamia and encrusted crappie. Chef Joel Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian. And that will put a wrap on this week's show. Don't forget, uh, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after seven Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at seven, Monday mornings at five. You can stream the show live if you're away from your radio or out of town at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. You can also find the show on demand there. And if you're podcasting, as many of you are, You can find Brainerd Outdoors wherever you download podcasts, iTunes, Podcast One, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, all of them out there. Just search Brainerd Outdoors and uh, give us a nice rate and review. We'd appreciate that. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
0: Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats in Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your ice castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Ors and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, chef robert's fish breading mix s&w bait and tackle growing recycling black bear lodge and saloon and by radco your truck accessory pros join brian moon just after seven saturday mornings sunday evening at seven and monday mornings at five for another edition of Brainerd outdoors right here on b93.3